AAE Life Sciences is a biological targeted radiation therapy company developing next-generation boron neutron capture therapy, BNCT, for patients suffering from the most aggressive and recurrent cancers. Today we're speaking with Dr. Bruce Bauer, Chief Executive Officer for TAE Life Sciences, and Dr. Kendall Morrison, Chief Science Officer for TAE Life Sciences. Bruce, Kendall, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Julia, for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's, it's really great to get hooked up with the Fierce Biotech. We are, I enjoy reading it every, every week, every day, so it's good to be part of it. Before we get started, Bruce, can you tell us a little bit about TAE Life Sciences, the company, its origins, how it got started? Oh, happy to. TAE Life Sciences has a little unusual uh, beginning. Uh, We spun the technology for the radiation system with these neutrons out of a fusion energy company uh, called TAE Technologies. TAE Technologies has been around over 20 years, uh, developing a fusion energy uh, solution. And they have, uh, as a part of that technology, developed uh, a particle accelerator technology um, that they had invested um, over a decade of work and uh, close to $100 million in developing for for their fusion uh, reactor uh, application. What we recognized, though, about six years ago was that this particle accelerator technology could be uh, redesigned, downsized significantly in its power, and used to create the kinds of neutrons that you need for this BNCT uh, therapy. Uh, And so six years ago, we got that organized, uh, spun out a new venture called the TAE Life Sciences, and set upon redesigning that particle accelerator into a medically uh, a regulatory compliant uh, medical device uh, that could be practically installed in a hospital uh, to generate the kinds of neutrons that you need, uh, very optimized for uh, this BNCT reaction. And we've built a company uh, around that ever since and have now installed our, our first system uh, at our first customer site and started treating patients with it uh, late last year. However, around six months into the venture, you know, I recognized that uh, the radiation system with the neutrons was only half the solution. Uh, and so we set upon ourselves to look at uh, where can we find uh, the next generation boron target drug uh, work. And in surveying the world, I didn't find uh, any efforts, commercial or academic, that I thought were uh, reliable enough to provide the other half of the solution you need for BNCT with the, the targeted drugs. And so we set upon developing that uh, piece of our business from whole cloth uh, and recruited Kendall and his team of scientists and uh, a laboratory now in Santa Monica that is developing uh, this next generation of boron target drugs. And I would hazard to say that I think we have the most uh, dedicated, most focused, most well-resourced uh, uh, and focused boron target drug uh, development program of, of anyone uh, who is in this space. Uh, and the results from that group have been amazing uh, the last several years and have now set us up very well to be a full solution provider of not only the neutrons, but the target drugs as well. Could you describe the history of boron neutron capture therapy, BNCT, 
the benefits of BNCT over traditional methods, and maybe touch upon the current compound being used to deliver boron to tumors. Sure. Uh, the history of BNCT goes back quite a ways, um, over 50 years, actually, when uh, the notion of the reaction between slow or low energy neutrons, uh, when they encountered uh, boron-10, uh, which is a uh, safe uh, minor uh, isotope of boron, uh, and that reaction emitting uh, two high energy particles uh, that could do damage to cancer cells. Uh, when that notion was first understood, uh, it was used to investigate its application first in Massachusetts General Hospital in uh, the Brookhaven National Lab uh, back in the, in the 50s. And those experiments and applications continued over the following decades, both in the US and other places in the world, uh, particularly in Japan, uh, where increased knowledge of understanding that reaction and how to apply it medically uh, to treat cancer patients developed over time uh, with increasing uh, promise in, in, in the results, which indicated to people that they were on the right track, uh, but there was certainly more more work to be done. The one challenge with BNCT, uh, and you, you pointed it out earlier, it's, it's a biologically targeted radiation therapy. Uh, the radiation part of it requires neutrons, these low energy, slow neutrons. And the only source of those historically has been a nuclear reactor. Uh, and there were a number of these research reactors that could be used to investigate this type of technology. And indeed in the US and in other parts of the world, and obviously Japan had, had many that they could apply, uh, that work continued. But it was always going to be a research curiosity because of the limitation of needing a reactor for uh, delivering half of what this combination therapy requires. And that said, there were probably maybe a dozen locations around the world that were doing this work and treating patients uh, with typically uh, recurrent head and neck cancers, uh, glioblastomas, and some other diseases uh, to investigate its efficacy. Uh, but until one had a, an ability to deliver these neutrons in a clinical setting, it was really never going to uh, go anywhere. But along the way, the advantages of BNCT compared to traditional therapy became evident. Uh, the fact that you were biologically targeting the delivery uh, of this very lethal radiation uh, was an advantage over traditional methods that typically required the introduction externally of radiation, typically uh, 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 photons or protons uh, that would be uh, introduced and aimed at a specific volume of tumor tissue that you want to treat. And even though over the years, the precision of that has increased uh, quite a bit, you still measure that precision uh, in millimeters. Whereas with BNCT, the precision is measured in microns. And so when you have this kind of radiation that you can deliver through BNCT, this alpha particle radiation, it does a double strand break on the DNA. Uh, compared to typically a single strand break from traditional radiation. Uh, 
And so the eff killing efficacy of BNCT is uh, three times more effective than traditional radiation. And because you're delivering it biologically, you are doing much less collateral damage to healthy tissue. With traditional radiation therapy, you are typically doing uh, damage in the perimeter of the area that you're trying to treat, as well as damage to tissue with the radiation on the way in and on the way out uh, of uh, the desired field. With BNCT, you don't have uh, any of that. The other advantage uh, and distinction with BNCT is it's typically delivered in a single fraction, one treatment, uh, and, and that's all that's required. Whereas with traditional radiation therapy, you, the patient has to go in for many fractions, uh, typically 30 uh, or more delivered over six uh, plus uh, weeks of, of treatment. Uh, so that's a big, a big difference uh, between the two uh, therapies by themselves. Um, but as you can expect, the, the efficacy of, of BNCT is driven uh, by how well the drug does at delivering this boron-10 uh, uniquely and in sufficient quantity to the cancer cells. Uh, fortunately, there is a drug uh, that's been used for this over the last uh, number of decades, uh, barinophenylalanine, or BPA uh, for short. Uh, and I'll let Kendall uh, comment on the mechanism of how this BPA uh, targets the cancer cells and delivers the boron uh, to them. Okay, thank you, Bruce. So Bruce just mentioned BPA, boronphenylalanine, as a drug that's being used for boron neutron capture therapy. There's actually two drugs that have been used historically. One is BPA and the other is BSH, sodium borocaptate. But even before those were developed, people would use things as simple as boric acid for treatment in BNCT. And boric acid is not targeted at all. So early days of BNCT, which really started in the 1950s with William Sweet in Massachusetts Institute of Technology used drugs that were not targeted, so there were there was no greater uptake of the drug in tumor cell compared to normal cell. But with the development of BPA, and because it exploits a particular transporter for amino acids called LAT1, BPA is an amino acid analog, these transporters are actually upregulated on tumor cells because these rapidly dividing tumor cells have a higher demand for amino acids than most normal cells. So it was possible with BPA to get more boron into the tumor cell than could be achieved prior to that. And in fact, what we do with BPA due to that one expression is we're able to deliver about three to four times more boron to the tumor cell than to normal cells. And it's that differential that enables BNCT to actually treat tumor cells while sparing normal cells because the normal cells do not have sufficient quantities of boron in them to be eligible for a BNCT treatment. What this really means is that BPA is actually a very nice targeted drug. It's actually approved in Japan for treating head and neck cancer. And so the proof of concept for that drug is obviously there. And in Japan, they're also looking for approval for BPA for treating glioblastoma. It's currently being reviewed by the PMDA, the Japanese Regulatory Authority. All in all, around the world, over a thousand patients have been treated with BPA with quite measurable degrees of success. Some of the images you see of before and after treatments are, are quite stunning in terms of the fact that within three or four weeks, tumors appear to melt away. And I think that's one of the great benefits of BNCT, and we'll talk later about 
some of the new drugs, but BPA does have some shortcomings, not least of all, it's quite insoluble, quite difficult to formulate. And so with new drugs, which we'll talk about later, we're hoping to improve upon even the very good results with BPA. That's interesting. It sounds like there's a lot of potential here. So what is needed to make BNCT a viable cancer treatment modality? Well, certainly the first thing that one has to do is be able to treat patients uh, where uh, they are, right, in the medical centers, the hospitals, the outpatient clinics. And to do that, you need to have a source of these neutrons that can be uh, installed and operated practically in a clinical setting. In the, back in the day when you only had reactors uh, for these neutron sources, that was impossible. The nice thing today is ourselves and, and others are developing accelerator-based uh, sources of these neutrons. Uh, these are devices that can be installed in a, in a building, uh, part of a medical center or outpatient clinic, uh, and can deliver the right kind of neutrons, these low energy, slow neutrons uh, that you need optimized for this BNCT procedure. And having the ability to have these neutron sources, these neutron beams, if you will, uh, in a hospital makes a huge difference. It's an enabler uh, to be able to treat cancer patients uh, where they're being treated with, with uh, all other therapies. Uh, so that's the first thing. And that's now a reality. Uh, as Kendall mentioned, in Japan, uh, this is a treatment which has already been approved for recurrent head and neck cancers. Um, and they have uh, quite a number of these accelerator-based uh, systems uh, operating or being installed there. Uh, there are other uh, locations uh, in the rest of the world, in Helsinki, uh, in China, uh, and we're hoping to bring uh, more to, the Europe, to Europe and, and the U.S. Uh, for these uh, accelerator-based neutron sources uh, to, to be installed. Uh, once you have that, um, then you can move forward and uh, continue the work on the drug development, uh, which drives the, both the efficacy and the broader application of this technique to, to more types of cancer, which, which Kendall can comment on. So is TAE Life Sciences working to leverage new boron drug compounds in conjunction with the accelerator-based neutron source to provide new cancer treatment options? We are, absolutely. The, the radiation half of this therapy is uh, required, and we, that's the technology that we initially uh, formed the company with, uh, but it's only half the solution. Uh, and we couldn't be in a position of only offering that to the clinical community. We really need to have a full solution. And so we're actually the only company that has taken upon uh, itself the challenge of developing both the, the neutron part as well as the boron target drug uh, part. Um, and there's a great opportunity uh, to develop additional, more effective and more broadly applicable boron target drugs. Uh, and so Kendall and his team uh, are working on this next generation of target drugs that can take this BNCT uh, modality beyond uh, just what BPA uh, can deliver. And I'll let uh, Kendall comment on that. Yeah, so in part of my drug development activities, we have a team of 15 scientists here in Santa Monica. And what we've done really is we've looked at the existing drug, which is BPA we've mentioned, and we've tried to learn from that how drugs could be improved. Solubility is one of the biggest challenges with BPA. It really is quite insoluble. My 
chemists describe it as slightly more soluble than sand, and there's some degree of truth in that. So what we've done is we've developed other boronated amino acids which are highly soluble. If you take an example of one of our compounds called boron tyrosine, BP is soluble in aqueous solution about 1 to 2 mg per mil. With our compounds in aqueous solution, we can solubilize these somewhere around 100 mg per mil. And this is a huge advantage in terms of formulation. During BNCT treatments, you need an infusion of the drug in order to make the treatment successful. And so with a very insoluble compound such as BPA, you need a very large volume infusion, somewhere close to two liters. With a very soluble drug, you can actually reduce that volume and make it much more comfortable and manageable, both for the patient and for the clinicians administering the treatment. So with our boronotyrosine, we've got this very high solubility. But one other thing that we think is an advantage in this, of course, will need to be tested in the clinic, is that BTS, as we call it, boronotyrosine, is actually retained for extended periods of time within the tumor cells. We've got quite a good body of data to support that observation. And what this means is that with regard to treatments, you get much more flexible treatment planning. With BPA, in Japan for the clinical trials where we had successful approval, they actually had to continue the BPA infusion even during the BNCT treatment, during the neutron irradiation. With a compound that's retained in tumors for longer, you actually have the ability to stop the infusion and then begin the irradiation in a two to four hour window. And this, in terms of treatment planning, gives two opportunities for improvement. One, it's more easily manageable. And two, the levels of boron within the blood will reduce in that period of time while maintaining high levels in the tumor. And this will give a much better therapeutic window for BNCT. So that's just one example of a new compound that we're developing. But even more advanced than that, we're trying to take advantage of the global knowledge of developing antibodies as pharmaceuticals. As you know, antibodies are the biggest selling drugs in the market at the moment. There's what we call naked antibodies and what we call antibody drug conjugates. What we're hoping to do is to develop our own version of an antibody drug conjugate. And this is we're calling an antibody boron conjugate. And with these types of drugs, we'll actually be able to have more precise targeting. Antibodies are very precisely targeted and also add much more, many more indications to those that are possible to treat with BNCT. Up until now, most treatments have been in glioblastoma, head and neck cancer, and melanoma. But with antibody boron conjugates, you open up the BNCT field to much more prevalent oncology indications such as lung cancer, colon cancer, and breast cancer. So this is what we hope for the future of these new drugs that we are developing. Excellent. Thank you. I have one final question for both of you. Um, we can start with Bruce on this one and then move to Kendall. So in your opinion, what advancements do you hope to see in the BNCT treatment space in the next three to five years? That's a great question. Um, it's interesting when you look at a new piece of medical technology. Uh, when it first enters the market clinically, um, it's effective, it's safe, uh, but it's understood up to a certain degree. And what one finds over time 
uh, and more experience is a refinement right, of that technology uh, so that it can be more precisely uh, delivered. It can be uh, more broadly applied as its uh, capabilities are, are more well understood. And I expect that will, uh, I know that will happen with BNCT uh, as well. Uh, once we, you have a number of these systems uh, installed and in the hands of clinicians, which you will see over the next three to five years, and you have enabled larger, broader clinical trials, uh, multi-center trials that can be uh, collaborative, um, where many patients can be treated, um, more types of drugs can be used, more types of cancers can be uh, uh, treated with this modality. Uh, you'll see, I think, an explosion of uh, refinement in uh, workflow, in patient selection, in precision of delivery of this technology, of this radiation to cancer cells. So the overall effectiveness and uh, safety of this will just be enhanced uh, with that level of experience. Um, that's what I think you'll, you'll find over the, uh, the coming next uh, number of years. Uh, you'll also see the ability to understand what's happening uh, in this reaction where imaging uh, or, or some level of detection of the BNCT reaction uh, while it's occurring uh, under the neutron radiation uh, will uh, become more developed. Uh, the ability to have diagnostics uh, that can be used on patients ahead of time uh, to understand exactly which patients and which drugs and which types of cancer are going to be uh, the, the best uh, to treat with BNCT uh, so that you can have uh, optimized uh, outcomes uh, from understanding uh, who's a good candidate and who, who may not be. Um, all of that will be a natural um, progression of the advancement of this science as we see in, in almost every other medical uh, technology that, that's out there, uh, that will happen with BNCT. And there's a, because BNCT is, is still relatively new uh, to the clinical community, uh, there's, a, I think, a long runway here of opportunity to improve it, uh, understand it better, and uh, make it more effective uh, uh, for more patients over time. Uh, the nice thing is, is we have a great solid start uh, today with uh, how well it works, and we know uh, which drugs to use um, and for which patients. So it's a wonderful starting point, uh, but there's, a, a, I think, a huge opportunity here to make it uh, even more effective for more patients uh, over the next uh, half a dozen years or so. So, I mean, I'll just follow up with what Bruce has said with a few comments about what I'm looking for in terms of advancements. As Bruce mentioned, we already have accelerator-based neutron sources in Japan. There's multiple centers in Japan. There's one being commissioned at the moment in Helsinki in Finland, and we've just started actually doing patient treatments with one of our installations in China, and some of the data that we're seeing from those commissioning of that unit look very, very impressive in, in patients, uh, head and neck cancer patients particularly. But the advancement, of course, I'm looking for is that we're going to start to install these accelerator-based neutron sources in Europe and in the United States, and that's really the big hurdle that I think we need to take next. We're already in advanced degree of installation of one of our units in um, Italy, and we're in advanced talks with several centers in the United States with regard to installing them in multiple hospital sites here 
And with that, really, it's going to open the door for much more diverse treatments. So I mentioned some of the small molecules that we've already developed, which look very promising, and I can't wait to get those into patients. But the big hurdle the drug development part needs to take really is to develop a platform technology that can be used with antibodies. And then we can take even existing antibodies, many very successful antibodies in the market today are off patent. So we can take some of those antibodies and redevelop them for BNCT. We can develop a platform linker technology that enables us to attach very large amounts of boron to these antibodies. And depending on the target that these antibodies are specific for, they'll be able to deliver huge amounts of boron to tumor cells, much more than we are able to do currently with BPA. So really for me in the next three to five years, and hopefully sooner than that, to be honest, is that we develop a platform technology in-house that can be applied to multiple antibodies and used to make antibody boron conjugates. We're already very advanced with our small molecule program, but we're still working on this platform technology. It turns out that um, boron chemistry, attaching large numbers of boron atoms to antibodies, does provide several challenges, but we're making great progress. Our aim is one day to have antibodies that have at least 500 to 1,000 boron atoms per molecule. And this will, in fact, increase the boron delivery potential quite considerably. And once antibody boron conjugates are available, they will also, I think, change the paradigm for treatment planning for BNCT, making many more flexible options for treatment, more flexible than is currently available with the small molecules that we use for BNCT. So I'm looking forward to seeing those advancements coming out of my lab in the next one to two years, in fact. Bruce, Kendall, Thank you for joining us today and sharing your work at TAE Life Sciences with our audience. Thanks so much. Thank you, Julia. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Julia. It was a fun morning. Thank you very much.